Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like deer right there. Yeah, like, and he's 30 already yards. thirty yards. Yeah, he he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at one forty in the afternoon, back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yard shot. Sent the combat veteran, and I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass called me one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure, super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast coming in your ear holes right now. And guess what? Say it. Say it, homie. We got big bucks on cam. <laughs> uh, did a couple of cam pulls. Chaos is back. Ooh. And new properties looking fire. All I'm saying about that. Uh, <laughs> potential mega out there. We'll, we'll, we'll let you guys know. He'll probably be gone when season comes. But You think it, that's a shed from the, the, on the one on the four-wheeler? Ah, no, 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 that thing's, I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't know. That thing's too thick. That buck is thick. 
I like thick. You had to put a lot of mass on this year, but you know what else is thick? The deer in this podcast. <laughs> that thing <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, that thing is thick. mega thick. We got um, instinctive passion outdoors. Steve and Matt coming on, and we talk about the buck Eddie that he shot last year, an absolute giant eight pointer um, with a drop or a nine pointer, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, However you want to read it, still an absolute mega. Um, quick story there, but we get into some awesome mobile hunting tactics, how these guys are hunting. Um, there's four on the team. They all shot nice bucks last year. Um, so that's saying something right there. Four guys all kind of hunting the same style, um, getting it done. Four different properties on four killer bucks. So. Yeah. All right, let's get into the people to make this possible and get in the show. We'll start out with the VIP veteran broadhead. Um, if you guys have not got the combat veterans yet, um, you should be getting them soon. Start shooting them. They're going to be flying true. Um, it's always good to get the broadhead screwed on and send a few down range. Um, I like to switch it up. Field tips, field tips, field tips for like three weeks and then put the broadheads on and be like, okay, still good. Still good. Still, you know, yeah. Just to get you're that confidence. Good, yeah. yeah get, to the, get that confidence going. So it's nice to be able to have them throughout the year. And that's one good thing about the veterans. You're not going to be, you know, the sharpest steel out there, so you're not going to have to worry about it dawn yeah. and foam. So, I uh, did the VIP shout out. Yeah, this week's shout out is Preston Rutherford, and he served in the Army for six years, and that is all the information I have. But, uh, Preston, we appreciate you signing up and um, doing your duty and serving this country. We appreciate it. All right, we got ECW calls, all your custom call needs. Check them out, embrywoodworking.com. All right, Exodus Trail Cameras. I got the Exodus Trail Cam tip of the week. We mentioned this um, a few episodes ago, but I know a lot of you guys have cams out right now. And um, if you're like us, you you let your cams soak. But that, going out and checking those cams the week or week and a half after you hang them is so crucial. Went out, put this cam where we thought the Megas were going to be. You know what I mean? Where we thought this pinch what a summertime pinch with it's got water right there everything's perfect camera took six pictures and the batteries are dead so obviously had a bad cell battery in there mm -hmm. if we would have let that thing hang for a month it's all gone you know what i mean and like us once we get past that first week those things we won't pull them till two weeks before season you know what i mean right. so if you can you know especially the ones you can access easy just go check them you get that initial boost of, okay, I got a good buck on cam anyways. And then it feels like me, like once you get that buck on cam, you can lay back. You're like, all right, I can let it soak now. It's good. <laughs> it's running. Um, but you might have a stick that you're getting 7,000 pictures of that you didn't see. And, you know, you go out there in a week and you can catch it. So just make sure and do that. We already got burned this year. Um, but if I wouldn't have went out there and checked it, it would have been running for a month and we'd yeah. been super burned. So. All right, next level deer supplements. You got next level? Yeah, this week uh, we want to cover the purpose of supplements. Uh, for one, which is very popular, it's great for pictures. Just like we say in this episode, you know, you can get every angle um, of, of the bucks. And uh, you also get a monitor inventory of the local herd, which is something that we don't get to do. And, uh, you know, you just really wonder, like, if there's a mega out there, you know. It also gives a deer a reason to visit or stay on the property, which is also a very good reason. You don't have to rely on the terrain features and such. Um, most importantly, to supply nutrition in a time of need that Mother Nature cannot. Natural browse and food plots are great when they are healthy, but drought, flooding, and other natural disasters can change and take that source of nutrition away quickly. 
A properly formulated supplement is the only guarantee that can be offered. So at least you know what you're giving the deer and uh, that they are consuming it. Yeah. Like we always said, we wish we could run mineral because it would just be oh, yeah. epic. We our, our velvet picture game would go way up. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so be sure to check them out at nextleveldeer.com. All right, Ingram's Outdoor Accession, all your taxidermy needs. Um, just a shout-out for our local listeners. Um, I know that a couple of our buddies are saying that they're getting their bucks back soon. Um, we just appreciate you going up there and giving them a shot. Guy does great work. Um, and uh, let's get into the show. All right, we got Matt and Steve from IPO, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you guys? We're doing great, man. We got big bucks on cam, so we're feeling good right now. <laughs> They'll be gone in a month. <laughs> but uh, appreciate you coming on spend some time with us. We've been trying to get her nailed down for a while and finally got her together. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Stevie is as well. Been busy this year. Yeah, for sure. This this year's been a little bit off for everybody, I think. So main thing is, is we're getting it done now. So uh, go ahead and introduce your you guys yourself to the listeners and then introduce your brand a little bit and tell them what you guys got going on there all right uh my name is matt williams go ahead steve i'm steve rule and uh we belong to instinctive passion outdoors which is a uh outdoor media company we have a youtube channel and pretty much every social media platform and uh, we like to film our hunts and we are self-filmers we hunt out of saddles we're very mobile and uh, that pretty much wraps it up. Nice. Yeah, we we met you guys at ATA finally, and uh, we didn't get to get any drinks together though. Planned on, no, it, yeah. Didn't get didn't get tied up. Actually, funny story about that. We were we were gonna meet up with you guys, and uh, our Uber bailed on us after the uh, the. Let's uh, draw. I'm drawing a blank. The movie. Badlands. The Badlands. Yeah. Our our we we stood outside in the rain for like half an hour. <laughs> waiting for our uber driver and then by the time we got a new one we were so tired we were like whatever we're gonna go to sonic or no it wasn't sonic steak and shake yeah. we went to steak and shake got some got some food and we were like we're going home it was like one o'clock by then way we like, better plan than what we did <laughs> 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 we probably yeah. should have hung out with you guys and went to steak and shake because it was a disaster <laughs> but uh but we're trying to figure out how to get home oh, <laughs> you geez. take an uber to the place and then you're like i oh, will make it walking yeah. No, yeah. No. Hour and a half later, we find it. We had a solid Uber on the way there, yeah, though. That super, was decent. Super. But yeah, we, uh, I really enjoy your guys' brand and what you guys got going on. Um, I know you're on the Last Breath podcast. Enjoy you guys on there. Kind of the touchy topic on there is pretty cool. So, um, we guys, we had you on to talk about the story of Eddie, an absolute giant that you guys killed last year. Um, go ahead and just take it away. Take it from the start and uh, let us hear the, the details. Well, we didn't have a lot of history with this buck. Um, actually went into that property hunting a different buck. Um, and he just so happened to come out of the woodwork. Um, I'd set up in the saddle on uh, about the same spot I'd killed my buck in 2018, knowing that uh, my hitless buck would be coming through there. Uh, one of them, you know, nice warm mornings. Um and then Eddie stepped out and had him at about 19 yards. And self-filming kind of took its toll. Got him on camera, got some good footage, finally got the full draw. And uh, 
put myself in a bad position and the camera in a good position and couldn't get a shot. Um, and he ended up escaping the first encounter. Um, up till that point, uh, none of us knew he existed. So obviously the first thing I do is call Matt and the guys and send them what bit of footage I could get sent through the phone. And, uh, you know, we all kind of agreed he was a good uh, high 160s, 160s <laughs> buck. Um, definitely worth chasing, but, you know, we kind of estimated a little bit low on him. Um, and then we, we kind of discussed it. Um, and that's one thing that uh, Matt and I had talked about the other day, being able to lean back on three guys that have different little different styles or four different guys sorry a little bit different styles but we all got the same goal and um you know pretty much consensus was is hit it hard and um you know play the win do what we know how to do um and then uh we kind of decided to get a little bit risky with it Um, two weeks later i actually set up uh just off some dough bedding and the wind was horrible for me, um, right for him. but right for him. And if he would have been about uh, four yards more to the north or to the south coming in, he would have pinned me. But luckily, some does cut my wind earlier, and um, the he loved the wind, and it played out to get him back in at 12 yards. So uh, 19 yards. Two weeks later, 12 yards, and um, unfortunately, I didn't get the shot on film, but when he was at 12 yards, he looked a little bit bigger, so I decided that the camera was going to have to wait that time. And then um, he went, what, 30 yards? And that. And uh, poor Matt and our buddy Devin Black was out in Missouri, and they had to wait a week to even see him. Let's rewind, because Stevie is very humble, and I, I I like bragging about his success um so we found that from the time stevie found the deer and communicated with us it took what two weeks to kill him two weeks so by the time he found the deer until he put an arrow through him it took what was it a little over two weeks or was it exactly two weeks? right on the market two pretty much exactly two weeks so going back the neighbors had a lot of history and the deer was actually spending a majority of his time on the neighbors but there was a little window um stevie had a piece of permission or excuse me he had a a piece of property by permission only to hunt and the deer was only using a small window of that property so once you know stevie found that out he talked to all of us we made a game plan and um the day you killed it we actually you set up extremely aggressive giving him basically everything that he wanted to feel safe and then killed him four yards before he hit your wind. So. Yeah. Props to you, man. That that's something I need to work on is getting more aggressive like that. But I'm sure that with the neighbors, as much as picks, you just, if it's going to happen, you got to make it happen at that point. Yeah. Come to find out, uh, the one neighbor had him at 40 yards twice. And uh, another neighbor had him in brush at 40 yards twice. And a third neighbor threw an arrow at him at 60 yards and missed. So, I mean, he was, he was, he was definitely all over, huh? Yeah. 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 And, and the, in this area is very, uh, 
high uh, pressured area. There's a lot of hunters, a lot of guys that um, run cameras that, you know, they're not just gun hunt. I don't want to say anything bad about gun hunters, but they're not just, you know, they're, they're, they're 365 hunters. They, they put out mineral sites, they hang cameras. They, you know, they, they do all the stuff that we do. So this deer was definitely in one of those areas that it was high pressured for sure. Is setting up aggressively like that you did, is that something you do often or, um, you know, just during the rut there when you, when you shot him? I, I mean, about it's, every time. Yeah, it's, it's go big or go home. Yeah, pretty much. So I started hunting this way um, maybe two, three years ago. And after switching, my success went through the roof for just big deer or big buck encounters, mature bucks. Um, so, yeah, and we can touch base on that a little bit if you guys want to about, like, the strategy. And, and there's a there's a window that I call the lazy window that you have to set up on that lazy window or it won't work. So you have to have an idea of the terrain features. You have to, or I shouldn't say have to have a good idea. You have to have a great understanding of the terrain features around you and then where the deer are coming from and where they're going. And you have to set up in this lazy window where basically the buck's going to, so he's going to set check 90% of it. And then he's going to get lazy for the last 10% because he doesn't want to exert more energy. So he's going to feel like, okay, I'm safe. And then that last 10% is where he's going to screw up. And you have to be there. You have to be located at that last 10% in order to kill him. And that's basically how it works. So he'll get lazy. and He'll think that he's safe. He'll, he'll basically cut the corner. And he won't, he'll, he won't make that 90. He won't go full commit. He'll cut the corner early. And then that's where you'll be. So, that, I was say that's pretty that's, pretty interesting tactic there. Yeah, so after we started hunting that way, and then ex especially after we started hunting mobile, um, I know everybody kind of preaches the mobile game, but, I mean, it is what it is. I know a lot of guys do it, but it works. And uh, we, we are definitely firm believers in the mobile game. Kind of the, we have like a, a saying, uh, we don't hunt the same tree twice. And in reality, we really don't. There are some trees where in the right situation you'll hunt you know, a couple times a year, but for the most part, we really do only hunt a tree once. And then even if it means moving five, 10 yards in one direction, we'll do it. So, because every day, every situation is a little bit different. You know, the wind's a little bit different. Uh, you know, just the time of year is a little bit different. Don't get stuck. Just, just because you've seen a good buck in there two weeks ago, doesn't mean he's going to be in there now. So, just just adapt and run with it you know yeah and like that's why i asked you if you always kind of hunt like that because i don't really hunt like that until like i'll take a week of vacation whether it be late october early november and then like you know it's wednesday and i've already hunted for five days the weekend and monday tuesday wednesday and then I might get, you know, risky on Thursday because I'm like, man, dude, I'm running out of time. I got to get it done. So I, then I'm just going to, you know, kind of push in there. And just like you guys said, you know, kind of let that deer feel safe and position yourself in a spot to where he does feel safe and you can get a shot off at him before he does bust you. But, and I've killed, my biggest bow buck is, was a situation just like that. And then, um, if I wasn't having a baby and, november 3rd then i would have probably got another um 
really good buck down and uh it was the same situation there you know just right off of doe bedding and i was in there kind of pushing the wind but you know i just felt like i needed to be there and just like you said matt you know it's some of your biggest buck encounters is hunting like that yep yep the yeah go, uh, go ahead and break down how you guys what does your gear look like for your mobile your mobile setup and then you're risking this um are you hunting on farms that you have a lot of history with or i'm always my big thing is when you're risking it you're going in i'm how do you not bump the deer before you get set up on them that's what i'm (laughs) always thinking you know what i mean because i feel like if i was as risky as everybody else i would bump 90 percent of the deer before i even got set up because i i have spots picked out and i've told homie multiple times i'm like there's a spot i just found one the other day the muskrats pretty much cut all my shooting lanes already it's way in there it's buck bedding i know it but getting in there is literally impossible in my mind you guys just send it and go for it or yeah pretty much well like the mentality of that is so if you're going in there and you bump uh a good buck like a lot of people think oh crap you know we screwed this up but when we see a big buck bump out we're kind of thinking dude that's awesome we know exactly where he lays he trusts that spot even more because it saved his life once. He's going to be back in there because it worked for him. Now we're going to make it work for us. It's yeah. kind of our mentality on yeah. that. So Stevie and I talk about this a lot, and I kind of want to just touch base on that and explain it a little bit more in detail. So when we bump a mature buck, it, it's like, heck yeah. Like we That's what we wanted to do because um, – like what Stevie said is that bed saved his life once. So he's going to trust it again. And, um, going back on the, you're going to bump him off your property. As long as you're not doing it every single day or every, you know, you're, you're not consistently bumping him every week. You'll be fine because the way I look at it and especially where we hunt and, uh, I would say Northeastern, North central Ohio, it, it, the population is just, there's too many hunters. If, if a mature buck, ran you know a mile every time he got bumped they would never stop running so it, for for our situation where we hunt it's just too high pressure the deer know where they're safe yeah they're going to get bumped half the time they don't even know what you are because you're unless you give them the wind which you know walking in maybe maybe you might you know get in that situation where you go too far and he does get your wind and then that situation is a little bit different but you know, if you're just walking around and just trying to find where his hangout is and um, the wind's in your favor and you bump him, most of the time he doesn't even know what you are. He'll just, you know, trout off 100 yards or something and then just turn around and look at you. Um, we we love that situation because then we know exactly where his bed is. We know where he's bedding, on what wind, and then we try to figure out how we're going to get in there and hunt him and on that exact same wind. So it's a i don't know it's a different way of looking at it but for us it works and uh i'm not worried about bumping them on the neighbors because as long as you're not in there every week like i said earlier bumping him and bumping him you know he's gonna feel comfortable he's gonna feel safe that bed saved his life so he's gonna come back to it i see that makes sense to me uh a little bit (laughs) i'm still (laughs) on the edge but uh we we hunt, are hunting giant piece of public now, so I'm gonna do it there. I'm gonna go full sin. I'm gonna trust you guys' word. I'm just gonna go in there. 
to these spots that I found and be like, yep, okay, here we go. I'm bumping everything out of here, but then I'm not going to do it on my private. I'm not going to do it. Can't do it. Homie can do it. Hopefully he kills. I'll go with him and film, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so I just... Nuts, man. I mean, it's nothing new to be called crazy for the way we do it, but um, we got four of our guys put down good deer last year, so I feel like it does work for us. Yeah, you guys are definitely killing the deer. I was say you can't sure. you can't hate on the results, you no, know. Yeah, right? so that's why we we you know we want to talk to guys like you that are getting it done. You're just Different like us. Ways. You got you know you're working full time. You got families. You're getting it done every year, and that that's what we want to do. You know what I mean? That's what everybody wants to do, but. Um, and I was, you know, I'm always big on, if you find something that works, do it. You know what I mean? So if that's working for you guys, don't listen to me. You know what <laughs> I mean? Cause it's, it could be a completely different scenario. We hunt smaller properties or properties that don't have a lot of timber on our private. So to even hunt, we can't even hunt bedding on there most of the time. Not really, no. They're not staying on there. You know what I mean? What was that? What's that? That portion of it's tiny. I mean, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been logged out a while back, um, but the portion of woods that I could actually hunt, um, there's not much to it. There's a bedding cell on it, but the majority of it's swamp. And um, he was just, and I'd seen several other bucks do it, and that's kind of what pushed me to set up how I did. Um, but they just cut through this one pretty swampy area but it's the only spot they can get um they can cut the whole bedding area's wind um, so well, talk, talk about what i was getting to. at was how small it is uh what'd you say three four acres it's that yeah and um so the chunks that he killed eddie out of was a little piece of timber it was only maybe three or four acres yeah so um like when you guys were talking about how you got small pieces to hunt like that's the best time that's the best situation to, to use it with because we're hunting small pieces also none of us have property that is ours none of us lease anything everything that we hunt is small by permission only or we do tangle a little bit with public ground but around us it's so over pressured that it's it's kind of not worth your time so unless we drove three hours south to like Shawnee or Wayne National Forest where you could get away from people. But yeah, we just don't have the public ground. So our private ground is all small by permission only. And they cut out every fence row and hiding spot like that too. So it's just little woods with houses or ag right around. Yeah. There's a, if there's a tree line around here, it's bulldozed. (laughs) They got to get as much ag in the ground as they can. So pretty much. But, yeah, we, that's what we got, little pieces like that. Um, and we, I mean, we kill on it all the time. We got we have success on those little bit pieces, but um, to be aggressive on them is, is rough, is tough for me. Now, I feel like if I had, I don't know how many pieces that you guys have, but if I had, this year's different. We got two private pieces and two major public pieces. So if I bump one spot up, I can go somewhere else. But most of the time I've only had maybe two spots to go. And now I've got four where I know there's shootable bucks on, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, that's going to make it a lot easier for me and just peer pressure. <laughs> it's going to make it a lot easier, you know, people being successful. So I got to give it a shot. And and I, I, I think you 
Try it on your private for sure. I uh, I've. It's not that I haven't killed bucks being aggressive. I killed two on October fifteenth evening. Um, one directly off of betting, knew exactly where he's betting, but it was perfect situation. It wasn't like I was just going in there like screw it. It was like literally everything is absolutely perfect for me to do this, and now I'm gonna go do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. That's the difference between me and you. I need everything like to the T when you guys are like, ah, I got 60%, I'm in. You know what I mean? So props that's to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like 30 or 40%, we just say, heck, go for it. <laughs> it. It sounds wild, but there is a lot of calculation to it. <laughs> that, and that's where the mobile, we could not do this if we weren't mobile. Yeah, know? so kind of go into your setup for what you guys are, or your gear that you're taking. These guys got their own different setup, but like for me, I only carry three, uh, three sticks, saddle, um, and usually I only camera try to in my all my camera equipment. Um, each guy has two cameras they carry with them, um, but I only try to get ten to twelve foot up in the tree usually. Um, that's kind of my ideal height to hunt out of. I know Matt's is a little bit different; he'll get a little bit higher sometimes. But it's lightweight um, and low for me. I, I would agree with. I would. I typically I only take in three sticks as well, and uh, I'm running the Trophy Line saddle and um, XOP sticks and uh, the the three steppers, not their minis. Um, and I used to carry four sticks, and I used to think that I had to get twenty plus twenty five foot up in the air. And I just got to the point where I was just getting tired of, um, I was just being lazy, to be honest. I, I got tired of climbing so high, exerting more energy, hanging that fourth, that fourth stick. So we just started height, or excuse me, we just started hunting three sticks high. And at that, like, 10 to 15 foot range, and it's made a huge difference for us. And I, I don't really know why, but it just seems like the deer just, they don't bother you. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. And I um, I know Cody DeQuisto talks about this a lot. And he says that he hunts, you know, two sticks high, you know, 10 foot or under. Um, and I don't know what, what it is, if they just don't associate that height with danger. But um, we, we tried it and I'm never taking four sticks in the woods again. I mean, it's just what it is. And I don't care if I'm wide open or brushed in. Like, that's just, that's how high I'm going to go. So. That's super interesting, too. We, we've been busted, I don't know how many times. Yeah. So we packed in four sticks, but we lose in the tree we were in last year. We lose, yeah. you know, six, seven feet, maybe even eight. And so it's almost like we are at that um you know that, 15, yeah, foot 15 foot range and i mean we got absolutely blasted yeah we get blasted absolutely blasted and we got great back cover um out and side covers good um man but out in front of us we were just getting pegged there's so much pressure on that property they just look straight up when they walk through there <laughs> <laughs> come around the bend straight yeah, up. literally deer <laughs> there's like this giant hill and literally deer are coming around and this is the second time we've ever been in this tree in our life. Come around the hill, boom, looking right <laughs> at us. I'm like, what is going on? 
So <laughs> we've been there. There, I mean, there are some spots that you do get busted, and it's not like it's not like what we do is a hundred percent. It's just I would say the majority of the time we get away with a lot. But um, it's probably because it's the only tree there. They only got one spot to look up. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's no other options for trees. So do you guys feel like you're getting away with a little bit more at that height, Matt, or the deer just aren't really like busting out? I, I think. I think we kind of need to rewind a minute, though, because when the, our style of hunting, um, a lot of times we're not seeing a ton of deer. We're just seeing the right deer. So does will, but I don't care who you are, does a wise old nanny doe will bust you out of the tree 10 times before a mature buck will. I mean, I, it's just how it is. Like them old does are just pains. And they just will bust you so fast. So we, I don't want to say that we don't really doe hunt because we do, you know, we do like to eat our venison. But like what we're talking about, you might only see one deer, two deer. You might not even see a deer. And then the next time you go out, your shooter's 20 yards in front of you. So, I mean, we do get away with a little bit more, but it's it's because I think we're not seeing, we're not seeing the numbers that... Like, I would rather see zero deer than 15 that I don't want to shoot. And then the next time I go out, see one deer, and it's the shooter that I want. Yeah, it makes sense to what you were saying with how you guys are hunting the the buck bedding. You know, if he's going to be out there bedding by himself, you're not going to be hunting the doe bedding where she's got, you know, three other does with her and then another subgroup off of that. So I can see that. I think I think if we were, I think if we were hunting more like uh, – like typical, I guess, like a, a traditional, that's a good word. Yeah. I think if we were hunting more traditional, we would, yeah, we would get busted a lot, but because we're not hunting your traditional setup, I think that we just get away with a little bit more because I don't know, it, it, going back to that lazy window, them bucks, I'm telling you, them mature bucks, they get lazy. I mean, I, I know a lot of people think that they're just, that's, you never, in the, my entire life of deer hunting, mature buck and lazy has never been put together, but it, it is now and it makes sense and for us. They do. Like, they, there's a window that you have to be able to find that they just almost, they're almost, like, too cocky. Like, I, I can't, I can't be, you know, hurt, or I can't be killed here, basically. So, they get to the point where they're just too comfortable with their surroundings, and then that's where you, that's when you throw an arrow at them, and they don't even know what hit them before they're, laying on the ground um but yeah i kind of got off topic i think but i hope i <laughs> you can never get off topic on this show <laughs> this is all good man i'm learning a ton i'm uh, the thing with the you know when we do the record these podcasts i'm always thinking of spots like you're talking right. in my mind i'm like this is probably where i need to be <laughs> but that little that the little devil on my shoulder is like don't do that do not go in there <laughs> but uh I can think of a couple spots where you're like, you're in there, you know, where I feel like, I feel like if a buck spends, they probably spend 90% of their time in the same area most of the year until the rut. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, they would... know that area very well. And if you're in that area, there's, they're going to feel way safer there than they're going to be some random spot chasing a doe that they don't go into a lot. You know, I feel like they're going to be way more, you know, acceptable descent and everything in there because they're going to be looking for it. You know, if they're if they've been in the same area bedding for 
three years and been busted once, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, I'm good in here, you know what I mean? And they can kind of let their guard down. So, you know, yeah, that, you know that tree with the scrape on it that's way back in there that we found when we were oh, shed yeah, hunting? Yeah. I feel like that's a oh, spot. Yeah, just, you get in there, they're just going to be just That's why loafing. they went in there. Yeah, and then, you know, when he come out the north end, yeah. he was just like casual as yeah as hell walking up there and i feel like that's just like what they're talking about we're after we were after like a one high 170s last year low 170s and, public uh, yeah yeah it's public deer that and, thing is a tank yeah the video of the film's coming out sometime i don't know whenever <laughs> we get it out but uh it's it's giant man and homie almost killed it last year 55 yards and uh we know exactly. We know exactly where he's at. We know exactly where he went into. Mm-hmm. It's just like, literally, to get in there and hunt is. I don't. You can't hunt it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, that's the bottom line. Yeah, it's just it's, the ground is so. But it's just like you're saying. It's one of those spots that, if you were able to get in there, no one's been in there. He's just casually trotting around back there because no one's going into that. Right, and I know, I guarantee, when he hops the fence, he's a totally different deer. Yeah. You yeah, know. when he hops when he hops onto the private, I bet you he's like, "Whoa, you yeah, know, I'm out in a food plot. This is <laughs> yeah. this is not good." You know what I mean? Because the the private that is really close to that is extremely high pressure, but it's it's a club and it's it's like 6,500 acres of nothing but deer hunters. You know what I mean? So um, he he could be dead. We don't know. You know, we yeah. can't we can't hunt out there late season at all. So um, and it was closed down because COVID. Yeah, and then we was COVID. We couldn't shed hunt it. We went out there one time yep. and shed hunted it and scouted. I'm glad we went then because I was scouting it the day they shut down all the state ground on the north no. end, and then they were like, "Yep, closed all the gates. If you're gonna, if you get caught out here, you will be fined." I'm like, "Man, what am I? What am I hurting out here?" So yeah, yeah, for real. But don't get us started on that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but yeah, so we. I've been doing summer scouting, which people like talk it up. Our season don't start till October first, so yeah, I feel our- like everything that we get right now is null and void. If you show me a buck somewhere two weeks before season, a week before season, I'm in the I'm in. Right. Right now, unless I got history with that deer, that deer is a freak that's two miles away during the rut. You know what I mean? So um, we've had that happen to us. I don't know how many times where you get jacked up about a giant, like sidekick. We were just talking about this mm-hmm. deer we forgot the name of, you know what I mean? <laughs> and two, he's two miles away in the rut, verified, you know what I mean? So we're like, well, there's no way you're killing that deer. He's just, he does not, he only summers here and then he rolls out. So, but uh, I've been summer scouting on this public and it's physically impossible pretty much. It's, it's This pretty is tough. the thickest stuff I've ever, it's old, it's old strip mine ground and it's just impossible to get through there's yeah. muskrat holes every eight foot you know what i mean and uh but it holds absolute giant deer giants yeah. you know what i mean and then there will be some buck beds that you just like some core areas i should say as well that you just shake your head out and you're like i can't hunt this thing and like i mean there's there's a spot that i can think of right now that i wish i could figure out how to hunt it but the, the way he's got his core area set up and then every year if if that deer dies obviously another one moves in it's just that good of a spot like you cannot hunt this spot it's just the way the terrain is and the way you have to access it and 
there's no way around it. It's just, you just give up on it. Like, that's just, unfortunately, I hate to sound like that, but unless, unless I could get access to the neighbors, which they don't allow anybody to step foot on their land, you just can't. And there are some spots like that, that, um, you just can't get to. So, yeah, that's, that's what a couple spots I'm thinking, man. And, but this year I might just, I might be in that tree, homie. I might be way back in there. I'm only going to be able to shoot about 15 yards. <laughs> in uh, the southwest? Yeah. 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 We, the, the one that you said we can't get into <laughs> on the in the back. Oh. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We need to get in there. We need to get in there. Yeah. It's going to be it'll be physically impossible. We'll have to get some saddles. <laughs> <laughs> right. I so, knew it. <laughs> no. Tree. We're going to get so much shit for that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get so much <laughs> crap for saying that. We're going to get smoked. Uh, <laughs> so, so if you guys find these areas and um, you know you know that a buck is bedding in here, maybe you've bumped him or something, are you trying to get right in that area or are you trying to play the wind around that area where you think that he's going to go? Um... You want to take it, or you want me to go for it? I mean, that's kind of a... It's all situational. Yeah, it's so situational, because even if the wind doesn't seem perfect, <clears throat> if you know there's does bedded somewhere, you can play off of them. Rain feature, I mean, it's... I guess to answer your question a little bit more, um, is, I guess we do kind of start... I think this is what you're asking. We start kind of on the fringes, of his area, not like the fringes of his of the property. So like we'll start a little bit farther away than we'd like and then we just kind of move in and move in and move in until um and, and I don't want to be bouncing back and forth cuz I know we said earlier that we're kind of all in 100%, but sometimes you do have to use your um your you know your woodsmanship and your knowledge of hunting and you know sometimes it's an observation set is more effective than actually running in there and and you know being dumb i guess and missing an opportunity so i guess at first we like to talk about we call up all the guys and everybody's very knowledgeable in our group so like beebs black stevie and myself we'll all either have we'll get on the group chat or we'll call each other we'll talk about the situation we'll pull it up on onyx we'll look at the train feature most of us have all walked each other's properties so we know what it looks like and then we'll just make a game plan and then somebody will just say something that just hits us in the face like why didn't i think of that and then normally we just run with it but yeah i'm sorry i can't i hope i answered your question and i know i kind of beat around the bush because it's it's not there's not a black and white line you just have to do what is presented in front of you at that time what was, and, your, what was your question no you answered it perfectly i i everything with honey is situational but I knew that you guys said that you like to push the limits, so I didn't know if you're going in first sit. Okay, we jumped this deer. Um, you know, we have, you know, you guys said you got 30% on the wind. You're not 100% sure. Are you just blasting in there? And, you know, here we go, or are you playing the edge? And you answered it perfectly. That's that's what I was trying to figure it out because I would do the yeah. same thing. I'd get a little closer, play the edge. Okay, I think that deer is going to come out of this bedding this way. Okay, I didn't see him. Let's move in a little bit more um, until eventually you, you either see the deer or, you know, he's bumped out of the area. But 
after you guys do bump a buck out of his bed and you know you're confirmed mature deer uh one we want to target or go after how soon are you turning around and re-hunting that area or just hunting it to start with and uh how soon are you back in there as soon as possible the next chance we yeah. feel like we got the upper hand we're gonna attack this this the next day or the next yeah. week whatever whatever that it all depends on that uh the, the weather like so what what was going on that day in the next identical situation go in there um we're not big fans of like bumping a deer and then hanging a tree or a tree stand because you're just letting them know that you're there and you're not going to be in that tree you know like mm-hmm. unless you're hunting it the next day or that night or whatever don't i i would not encourage someone to hang up a tree stand um i know a lot of some of the older guys the bump and dump tactic they would do that but i think they would do that and then hunt him the next day for us we work we always joke around we work five to nine so most people have a nine to five but we we work stupid hours sometimes and we always joke about it and and to be honest we are weekend warriors we only go out saturday and sunday and maybe if we're lucky we can get off work early and we can hunt you know a weekday but it's after work you know you're scrambling to the woods so we it's hard for us but to answer your question yeah it's as soon as possible as soon as you can have that identical day um and then sometimes, like when we were talking about, sometimes we just send it. It's because we're limited on time. We can only hunt the weekend. So, you know, what's it going to hurt? You're going to give them a week's break anyways. So just try it and go from there. So like such, your neighbor might take it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that theory, man. If you're going to be out of there for a while, you might as well go after send it. Send it. Yeah. That's why I kicked myself in the ass last year because we – we wanted to take vacation this week. We ended up not doing that. No idea why. Yeah. Probably because homie had it scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started really, a week of floaters. Really screwed me, but he could have switched his week of floaters, yeah. but he didn't want to give up the gun season. <laughs> um, I all, Every day at work, I'm like, should be on vacation, should be on vacation. Should yeah. be. But, um, um, and then when he was there and where we knew we needed to be, we, we weren't there. You know what I mean? So. We need yep. to, we need to be more risky and get in there and just be like you guys. Well, screw that up. And uh, I mean, we got people hunting 150 yards from us, mm-hmm. you know. And then another guy was like 300 yards, same day. You know what I mean? So, like you said, the yep. neighbor. I mean, that's na- that's closer than a neighbor. You know what I mean? So, um, other people know that deer exist and all the other ones. That's just one of them. You know that yeah, are there. Right. And there's a lot yep. of other really really nice deer that were there and. Um, mess. Well, that one caught our ground scent on the way in. A freaking giant, wide, heavy buck that I wanted to kill. There's a majestic twelve pointer out there yeah, somewhere. Majestic twelve pointer. <laughs> There's a giant eight that we seen the same day. We seen that one. There's yeah. a ten that you couldn't shoot because he was walking right at us. Yeah, we you, were you doing. Guys- the pins for that location or pins yeah there's a lot of pins on my phone if someone could get my phone man my I'd phone in a game my stat. phone is yeah you'd be in the, the yeah you'd be in the game real quick on some stellar stuff <laughs> you're just gonna have to like hit the hit the stair stepper to get there yeah, but yeah but yeah you'll be all right so you'd be in trouble then <laughs> well stevie kind of getting back to eddie what did uh he end up scoring 
Uh, he was 184, 186 um, gross, and then uh, he netted 178 right in there. It's been a while since we looked at the numbers, but he yeah. ended up uh, he ended up netting about 178 for Boone and Crockett. Nice. As yeah, we eight. got to see him see him at As an, ATA, and yeah. he's mega giant. So yeah, so go into the 8.9 point thing. Yeah, that, that, was, that was about us. Yeah, I was super curious when that was going on. I was trying to keep up to date with it. I knew that was kind of a uh, you go ahead. That was that was yeah. That's probably one of the funnest arguments we had leading up to getting it scored. Um, we'd have people guess if it was an eight or a nine rather than just guessing the score. Um, but the gentleman that scored it said due to um, the grain and how it followed, it was technically an eight point with a drop with an abnormal an abnormal or a drop that <laughs> dropped down there. Never freaking. heard of anything following yeah. the grain on the ant. Yeah, that's it's freaking crazy. But yeah, when when you guys posted that, and then we wa- I watched you got you know the video of you guys scoring it and stuff, and I was like, man, that's that's insane. I would have never thought. I would have thought that was a nine pointer. You know what I mean? But yeah, they got the system of scoring it. So and it's Boone and Crockett, yeah, not BTR. It's legit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't deny that. So yeah, yeah. yeah he scored it as a mainframe eight. So um. That's a pretty good deduction on that abnormal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, damn it, wish it was a nine almost. Probably, the G4 is probably shorter than the the drop time. <laughs> yeah, we was wondering if they'd allow a sawzall or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're not we're not hung up on inches, man. We were just there's so much. Uh, we got to meet a ton of people, good people, great people, and um, that was the biggest benefit of uh, getting to take that buck and stuff like that um and we got we got a lot of grief for not having history with him but uh that's just the way we hunt that's better man it's almost better to not have history and you just wow why are this you're just like so mind blown yeah you're just boom here's a mega you know what i mean like but yes if it's not a you know know, disney fairy tale deer hunt people sometimes people aren't into i'm the complete opposite it's a hunt you know i mean i it how to go down like there's a reason you killed him you know he's there's a reason he was there whether you had history with him or not i mean just like you said that it was a small property the neighbors had lots of history with him and you just sound like you just kind of stumbled into him you know what i mean so you stumbled yeah. into him and then you got it done so people can't deny you there whether you had history with him or not yeah a lot of a lot of people ata show when we were when we were there um of course, Stevie's Stevie's real anal, so and I would have too if it was my deer. But he he had to take the rack home every night back to the hotel. So when we would get there in the morning, no joke, it would take us at least an hour and a half, two hours to get from the entrance to our booth because there's so many people were stopping us. But what I was getting at is a lot of people. Oh, you had to have tons of history. Let's see trail cam pics. Let's see you know sheds from last year and. When, when Stevie would say, you know, hey, it was a two-week history, almost a lot of people almost, like, discredited um, the deer for that reason. And and Stevie's very modest and humble, so I, I like to kind of just point this out. Like, I said it a little bit earlier, you know, I've never done it. So props to him. He killed the deer in two weeks. Like, most guys, 
they chased deer for years, you know, and like, he killed the deer in two weeks. So it, it props to him for sure. And that just kind of like put the old feather in our hat that what we do kind of works. Um, not for every situation, granted, there is some luck in, involved with every hunt that you go on. You can't argue that, but, you know, you put yourself in the right spot at the right time and you killed a mega. So Good stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you guys saying that about everybody's wanting history, and that's what, I mean, people watch too much TV, I guess, but you go, you, if you watch, let's say 70% of TV hunting, they're like, yeah, we got history with this deer, got some sheds from last year. Well, the outfitters got history, uh, yeah, and yeah. the outfitters got sheds. You ain't got shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, We've been exactly. hunting this deer. He was here last year. Um, on cam when I was at this outfitter, you know what I mean? So that's the history that everybody's looking for, you know what I mean? But 90% or like I said, 70% of the people out there, no history with that deer, unless it's on some ground that they have or lease, which a lot of yeah. people do hunt the ground that they have, you know what I mean? They got some history with it, but it's more, I think it's more badass for, like you said, to kill them in two weeks with no history, you know what I mean? You should yep. get more street cred for that than it took me three years to kill him. You know what I mean? Because that's what I need. I need a solid three <laughs> years to, to kill him. You know what I mean? So, no, you're good. Hey man, your your approval is good enough for us. <laughs> so this goes back to like everything else we're here. He got risky, mm-hmm. sketchy win. I'm he hunted hard, went in there, and got it done. That's like. A lot of these legend stories that we hear, you know, small property, risky. Hunting aggressive. Hunting aggressive. Kill a deer. I mean, it's like you can you can almost checkbook them throughout the story of these hunts. You right. know what I mean? And it all lines up. And uh, So what do you guys got going on this year, IPO? Oh, we got we got some secrets in the old hat. <laughs> no, we, uh, we're excited. Um, we've got a lot of big plans, um, for deer season. Yeah. We picked up a few new pieces that we're really excited about. Um, a couple of deer that we're kind of keeping low key, but, um, for sure going to be great deer. If someone gets the opportunity to harvest them, uh, what do you got? Um, actually I picked up a property that I'm insanely excited about. Um, knocking on doors hasn't been going so well. Some lady yelled at me for giving her the COVID because I was bugging her. <laughs> so that's kind of put a damper in our permission, permission getting. Um, and we're not rich enough to lease. So we're, uh, excited, nervous, anxious, just like before every deer season. Yeah. It's getting, uh, what, when do your guys season start? October. It's basically October 1st. It's the like last sat- weekend of September. Yeah. So whatever that last Saturday and Sunday is before the the 1st of October is when Ohio's opens up. I was saying last weekend of September, I'm definitely not killing any no. deer. No. <laughs> they, they are all gone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like for us when they shed velvet, see three ya. week, three week gone. Yeah, it's gone. You it's- know what? Well, you know what's kind of funny? Me and Stevie were joking the other day. <laughs> I and I, I I'm gonna embarrass myself, but I have a hard time finding deer in velvet. Like I know 
you could go and like hang on a like a bean field or like you know a good food source but in all honesty i re- i really have a hard time all my buddies are sending me these like booners in velvet and i'm like <laughs> i got nothing <laughs> i mean i got fawns yeah fawns and does that's what i got on camera so i mean we i don't know what it is but i'm going to i'm glad that it is the way it is because i and Stevie included, we were both joking about this the other day. We just cannot, for some reason, we just like small bucks and stuff, of course. But to get a to get a mega this time of year, no, it ain't happening. It, I just I can't find them. I don't know where to look. I don't know where to go. It's, <laughs> it's like they don't exist. No, they they don't exist for us this time of year. So, I mean, it's just. I would really like to learn how to pattern a summer deer or summer, excuse me, a summer deer because I, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to big velvet deer. I have no clue. And that's, we struggled in Kentucky because of that reason. Um, we're going to, I'm going on a Kentucky hunt again this year, first week of September. And I need to learn how to hunt summer bucks because my dream and I want a velvet buck. Like that's uh, plain and simple. I want to build a book. This will be my third year going to Kentucky for the early season, and I have yet to kill. So I'm getting frustrated, and I'm trying to learn for sure. I, I don't know a lot, but I could tell you how we find them after the after the podcast, real quick. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but I'll get the notebook out. <laughs> but yeah, so we and me and Homer, we were just talking before we came on here. Um, we get. It seems like we have like five or six days out of the whole, you know, growing season the where we get giants. You know what I mean? Like one property, it'd be like three days out of the whole entire, like three separate days out of the whole entire three month of antler growth, we get pictures of them. You know what I mean? And then it's never like every day they're there unless it's sunshine. That's why it was named sunshine. Cause right. every day is on cam in the daylight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, that's how it is for us. We don't get a ton. We get, we know where the giants are going to be, and we we get them on cam, but we don't get them. We're not summer pattern anything. And the pictures that you see this time of year are 90% over mineral or bait. You know what I mean? If you got mineral bait out, you're going to get picks, plain and simple. That's and, that's, and that's one thing that we, I mean, we throw out a little bit of mineral sites, but we don't really get too crazy about it. Yeah. I mean, it, if you want good pictures mineral and bait sites this time of year it's it's they're there and then you're going to get every angle of what you got going on you know what i mean and yeah our snapchat group every day loaded with loaded with velvet (laughs) picks you know what i mean and we got a couple that we haven't showed them yet (laughs) but but uh it's and and we don't run cams near as early as a lot of people do all of them because we can't hunt in september you know we can't hunt that can kentucky is incredibly early that just blows my mind like tennessee's in august yeah tennessee's in august like yeah yeah, that week. yeah. And there's like a muzzle loader season in south carolina or something yeah at the, like the same time mm-hmm. crazy <laughs> and, and yeah. you know everybody that doesn't hunt there is like oh it'd be so easy to kill a deer and that's like what we do too <laughs> yeah, you know what i mean that's what I say. We're, we've never hunted it you know what i mean but like for here for us that time of year yeah we can we can find the giants daylighting and then once they shed velvet, it's like, okay, time to go nocturnal. Just hit the reset button. Yeah, time to get to my fall range. And and it seems like the 15th of October, if we have a deer on cam, we'll have them the rest of the year. 
He might vanish for the rut in a while, but he's going to come back if he if he survives. But if he makes it to the 15th of October, he's going to be around. He's going to be huntable, yeah. Yeah, and then after that, if he's gone before that, he's probably gone for the rest of the year until summer again. You know what I mean? And then it's all it's it's probably a good thing that you don't get velvet picks because then you get tied up on the one deer. You're like, oh yeah, this is the deer I'm going to mm. kill, and then he's gone, and you're like, okay, now I got to pick something else out and try <laughs> to do that. So. Yeah, yeah, we we understand that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you coming on. This was uh, kind of like a legend, uh, tactic. mobile tactic. A lot yeah. of good stuff in here. We appreciate you guys giving us some knowledge and giving our listeners some knowledge. Um, before we get off here, um, let the nis- uh, listeners know exactly where they can find you on YouTube, Facebook, etc. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we you can basically just search Instinctive Passion Outdoors on instagram and youtube and facebook uh we are very active on instagram we try to post weekly on youtube sometimes with work schedules and life it's maybe you know once every two weeks or so but we try to post weekly on youtube uh daily content on instagram facebook we've got one but uh maybe we should try to hit that a little harder we don't really hit it too hard um but yeah we also have a TikTok, but but uh, TikTok keeps um, not deleting. Is it deleting? Banning. Yeah. They keep banning our content because we don't know how to TikTok. So oh yeah, we got a bunch <laughs> of content banned on there. So we, we need just to keep figure- sending it. If they ban it, you can post the same thing again. Yeah, I've done yeah, that we, a couple times, and then they haven't banned it. So right. you're like, okay, I'm just gonna keep posting until I don't get banned. <laughs> yeah. We had one video kind of blow up. I don't remember the stats on it, but it got banned. And then Stevie posted it again, and it got banned. And then I think maybe the third time's the charm. Oh yeah, I just keep just keep letting it rip. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, instinctive passion outdoors, and uh, we would appreciate any kind of follows, subscription. Uh, it means a lot to us. So thanks, guys. I really enjoyed this one. A lot of good tactics in here. Uh, really made me think a lot trying to figure out kind of how we could utilize some of this. Mm-hmm. I've said it a thousand times. <laughs> no. Getting risky. Everybody's hit. Everybody's tired of hearing it. Yeah, but, everybody's tired of hearing but, that. But you know, you just got to drill it in your head that that's what you're gonna do, and then you just can't puss out when it comes time to do it. Yeah. You're just like I gotta go. Just gotta go. Just gotta do it. So, um, hopefully, next episode you guys won't hear me say that. <laughs> Try to hold out, but I'm gonna get risky. I'm gonna risk it for the biscuit. There you go. Always do the right thing. Make sure you get out there and check those cams because they're probably messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Leave a legacy and wait till legacy is out.